0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Speaking of music, some of us celebrate today as the birthday of Ludwig von Beethoven. We know tomorrow is the anniversary of his baptism, for certain, in 1770. And um, you would think that his Ode to Joy is our official song of Of Gaudete Sunday, right? Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. Um, It could be. Uh, It can't be your personal theme song, and that's wonderful. Um, It's in the hymnal. Um, It came from a poem by Schiller. Ode to Joy is part of the fourth movement of the Ninth Symphony, composed when he was almost completely deaf. and uh, hopefully growing closer to God, it's not certain if that was the case. Uh, born in Bonn and then moved to, to, to Wien, to Vienna. He was a Roman Catholic, uh, but I don't think anyone's ever thought of starting his canonization process. But that's okay. You don't have to be, you don't have to be holy for me to love you. So um, little, a little resin statue or bust, really, of Beethoven was always on top of the piano since I was... Um, a pipsqueak. So, um, the ninth symphony is absolutely glorious. The first choral symphony, where you have multiple voices orchestrated like like instruments, and the Ode to Joy is that uh, just culmination of uh, of life. It's just amazing. It inspired itself the hymn "Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee," which is lovely enough. Um, but in my trade, we make a distinction sometimes um, without much of a difference, but a distinction between sacred music and religious music. Um, religious music is any any music that's about God or about Jesus or even Jesus in a pickup truck, right? There's lots of great religious music. Sacred music we would describe as that music which is composed precisely for the sacred liturgy. Um, it, the truth is, not all sacred music is especially good, but that doesn't mean it's not sacred. Um, it should be good, right? It should be glorious and beautiful. Um, but, so sacred music is really composed for the liturgy. Um, all of it's religious. Not all religious music is sacred. In sixth grade religion class, for instance, at St. John Academy, where the children are suffering under my tutelage, we are studying Handel's Messiah great example of religious music. It's an oratorio. It's not sacred. It wasn't composed for, for the sacred liturgy. Um, Handel, um, not even being Catholic, though, wrote something that we all associate with this time of year. And hopefully have made plans to go to the Kennedy Center or somewhere else, whether it be for a formal performance of it or, or a sing-along or anything. If you come to... Midnight Mass, um, which this year is at midnight. Um, You don't need to call to ask us what time Midnight Mass will be. If you show up at 11, we'll have selections of Handel's Messiah um, to help you get ready for Christmas. Not sacred music at all, but, but glorious, no doubt, and very religious. So just because I don't honor something with the title sacred music mean that I think that it's unimportant. Some religious music is absolutely, completely essential. So, um, Ode to Joy is a good example of that. And when we have, um, um, we should come up with another category, I have to admit. Because there's that music that's in the hymnal, Right? Um, which you'll hear because it's um, de rigueur, right? We've been singing it uh, shamelessly uh, all Advent. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, right? Every one of those verses comes from evening prayer of each of the last seven days before Christmas, beginning tomorrow, the anniversary of Beethoven's baptism. We could try to baptize the Ode to Joy, but that's too complicated and beyond my capacity. But O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, these are all the refrains from evening prayer from the sacred liturgy that have been woven together into over a millennium ago, not just a century or two ago, over a millennium ago into a hymn, into a hymnody. So it's almost like this this hymn that was inspired by the prayers of the liturgy itself. Um, uh, That's really cool. So that's why if there's any official song uh, of Advent, it's probably going to be that. And especially today, right? Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. What's that in Latin? Gaudé, Gaudé. And the name of our Sunday today is Gaudete Sunday. Now, you can rejoice because something really great happened. But how are you joyful, how can we be joyful when we don't have something really great to celebrate or something great to look forward to? Obviously, I'm not becoming irreligious here. Of course, we celebrate the incarnation and the passion and death and resurrection of Christ and salvation and redemption, but sometimes, especially when you've only had, say, 17 minutes of sleep, it's hard hard to be mindful of all of that, right? Truth be told, it, we need at least, I would say, 36 or 42 minutes of sleep in order to really wake up refreshed and capable, maybe more than that, capable of being joyful. Uh, in confession recently, uh, it, it was that question of, 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 of patience, right, and, and charity for one another. And, and one question that has to be um, asked uh, I asked myself, too, what time do I think it's reasonable um, to, to expect myself to, to have enough natural energy to actually not rev- you know, revolt against having to open my eyes? You have to have some natural basis for, for life. Get enough sleep. When you wake up in the morning, you might not hate yourself. It's a wonderful thing. You've got to try it. But even if you've had enough sleep, even if you've had eight hours of sleep, 12 hours of sleep, in honor of our college students having returned home from school, welcome back, <laughs> doesn't mean you wake up joyful, right? It does make it more likely that you can. But how, how can we be joyful without having something to really exciting to look forward to that day? Imagine you actually have something really terrible to look forward to that day. How can we still be joyful nonetheless? It's when we're convinced that God already is here. I might not see his face yet. I might not hear his voice yet. But I know he really truly is already here. That's the message of all of these readings, the Old Testament, for centuries upon centuries, reminding the people of God, God is already here. God is near. And that's why St. John the Baptist is the greatest of all the prophets and the culmination of all the Old Testament, because God really actually is here. You haven't seen him yet. Not many of you have. You haven't heard his voice, except for a few of you. He really is here. Prepare. The one who is coming after me came before me. And so, no matter what is going to happen this day or that day, no matter what faces us we can actually be joyful because we know god already is here liturgically we we will celebrate the arrival of christ into the world in just 9 days right And we will, in order to make sure that we never, never, never take it for granted, we have to place ourselves in the shoes of those who haven't seen Christ yet. But it's, it's not play acting. The reality is this drama happens every day where it's almost as though creation starts over. You open your eyes and it's a new day. It doesn't have to be frightening. It doesn't have to be terrible. Because God is already with you. You are already in his heart, and he is on his way. And even if you don't hear his voice or see his face, that soon will come to pass. For those of us who are, who are Christians, fully so, and know how to celebrate these sacred mysteries, we can actually wake up and know that we will see Christ We can prepare to receive him. We can begin by fasting and know that we will hear his voice. We will read or have read his gospel. We will see him in the flesh, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. We will even be able to receive him every day. For Christians who live at the end of human history, anticipating our Lord's second coming, No matter what the day, no matter what the challenge, no matter what the setback, no matter what the apparent failure, every day should be full of joy because Christ is here. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.